sepsis stories. I hope everybody's staying safe and well. So today we have a friend um, from over the pond. Her name's uh, <laughs> so true. Uh, uh, Jenny Bellington. She last year had COVID, and so today our sub our subject is actually going to be the similarities between COVID and uh, post COVID and post sepsis syndrome. Basically, if you go onto the CDC website, they will have stuff to do with post-COVID and the same with NICE in the UK. And uh, post-sepsis syndrome, so many people have post-sepsis syndrome. However, it isn't actually recognised yet. However, if you look at the, uh, the similarities, because COVID is a form of pneumonia, or the end stages are to do with pneumonia, and pneumonia is a form of sepsis. There is a massive difference to do uh, that is relating to post-COVID and post-sepsis. And so today we have Jenny. We also have her wonderful husband Brandon, and we also have my partner uh, Ryan. Uh, and we're going to actually be talking about life post either sepsis or COVID. Um, and so, yeah, so welcome, guys. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having us. It's always fun. <laughs> yes, yeah, we always have a good time with you guys. Yeah. Um, so, Jen, do you want to tell us a bit about your story when it comes to COVID? Absolutely. Um, so I had uh, been exposed uh, to COVID and contracted it in October. And I know exactly, you know, when it happened because I, you know, we were still pretty much quarantining as, as much as possible. You know, we have six kids and we didn't want, you know, you hear some of those scary stories of, oh, your child had to go to the hospital and the parent couldn't leave once they went with them. And so we were just, you know, our schools were still doing distance learning. So basically learning at home. And so I know exactly when I was exposed, um, and I, I'm fortunate, I guess, in that because I, I know, you know, when to, I immediately went into quarantine away from my family for two weeks uh, while I was sick with it. And um, so I was fortunate that I knew when I contracted it and when to quarantine away. And so I think that is what kept the whole family, like no one else in the family got it. Um, and so it, it's, yeah, for me, my symptoms, uh, I didn't run a fever. Um, I had the body aches, I had the GI issues, um, extreme fatigue, but no fever and no cough. Um, my lungs actually were crystal clear. Uh, for me, COVID attacked um, or the tissue around my heart. And so I had uh, pleurisy, I believe is how you pronounce it, um, where my heart rate was constantly elevated, my blood pressure was elevated. Um, it was just the strangest sensation because my I would feel like my heart squeeze, like if I sat up or you know moved, it would just tighten really quick. And so um, I did have to go to the ER, which here in the US is emergency room. Um, I think you guys call it A and E. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, accident and emergency. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, when I had gone, you know, they did the EKG and the, you know, just to make sure I wasn't having 
having any kind of heart attack because that's honestly what it felt like laying down um you know my heart rate was i don't even remember was it like 110 120 something like that it was just it was ridiculously high um and so they looked at my lungs completely clear but for me covid attacked my heart and the tissue around my heart and um so now you know that's been since october and here we are already in february and uh it's i still really struggle with the fatigue the lethargy stamina like i'm a martial artist i do weightlifting i love working out and i haven't been able to to be that person and so that's i think contributed to some anxiety and depression also because i oh can't do to want to yeah um i completely get that and with you saying about the whole martial arts thing did i ever tell you what ryan calls you Oh, you phrase him. Um, one minute, you phrase him. Let's. You want it up there? Well, I mean, here. Um, you know, you you just said about um doing all the martial arts and stuff. This one. What do you call Jen? I call you Judo Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I like that nickname. That's going to have to be like, that's my new title. I'm a Chudo Jen. <laughs> the thing is, Laura's got so many friends, and I'm trying to keep track and remember them. So when she talks yeah. about you, yeah, oh, that's Judo Jen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's me. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but it's been amazing actually watching your story. But. I remember a few weeks after where you actually just went to the post box and you were absolutely cream crackered. Yeah. And yeah. do you still get like that now? I mean, sometimes. Uh, I've noticed that when I do cardio now, um, my heart rate doesn't climb quite as high. Um, but it takes a lot for me to, I guess, you know, to get in that, you know, three miles or 45 minutes. Um, it, it just, it wears me out. Um, I think that I keep doing it just because I, I hope to continue to stay healthy. Like, I don't want to, I, I don't want my body to, to start slipping backwards. And, and in some ways, it, honestly, it has. Um, but health is important to me. And so, you know, I'm, I'm still pushing myself to do it. But there are, there are days where if I worked out in the morning, I have to have a nap in the afternoon because it's just so exhausting. Yeah, that I'm, I'm actually the same because um, for me, last week, so on the 7th of February was my two-year anniversary of having sepsis. And I still have to have a nap. Um, yeah. And it's quite crazy because... Um, and some of the things that you've been saying, it, they are so similar. So, like, on the CDC website, it's saying that fatigue, that's both, like, to the point where I don't know if you can, when you get, get the fatigue, do you, how do you feel? Is it just, like, lethargy a little bit, or is it to the point where 
like, because I know with Ryan, he's actually caught me because I literally, it's kind of like a phone battery. Literally, you run out of juice completely and I I fall. Yeah. So, is it like that for you or...? Um, very, very similar, I would say. Like, I've, I've never gotten to the point where I feel like I'm going to just fall. Um, but I do get to a point where it's like, I, I, you know, like, I would be standing all day, for example, and, and now I'm like, oh, I, I have to sit down just for a second. Because it's, so, it's almost like you're so tired that you get a little dizzy. Yeah. And so, you know, just having that moment to just sit down and try to take a breath and, you know, um, try not to fall over, I guess, yeah. Uh, but I've never actually collapsed, but I, I have felt very, very fatigued and tired, like I could. Yeah, um, so when when that happens, do you, uh, when you have the fatigue, do you have the shorter breath, shortness of breath at that point? Or is it other, other times as well? Yeah, um... The shortness of breath, I would say, was probably the first probably eight weeks um, where I did notice that I was shorter, uh, having more shortness of breath than, than I you know, typically would have been. Um, that's starting to get a little bit better, but it's I still feel it in my chest, around my, my heart. Um, so do you get like palpitations with that then? Cause... I do. Yeah, because yeah. that's actually a very common thing when it comes to post, uh, post-COVID. Because although there are some things when it comes to post-sepsis, that's not kind of one of them. Um, but I do have friends who have had um, infections in the heart from sepsis. So when, when, you, had, um, when you had the COVID, did you actually ever get told about the risk of sepsis from the COVID? Never. Mm-mm. Um, in, you know, in fact, I don't think until talking with you, and it's so strange, I just think that people just didn't know. I mean, the information, it was constantly changing there for a while, and so it's like, well, yeah, kind of figure day by day, you know, is this COVID? Is this something else? Like, what's going on? Nobody knows. Yeah, it's basically because there's one piece of research that has... Uh, come out that's saying that within a year you're 30% more likely to get sepsis after COVID and that's actually basically to do with the repeated infections Um, and so have you had any like repeated infections or anything like that when it comes to your chest your heart anything like that um no, I, I don't think so. I still feel like I'm still still recovering. Um, yeah. But we, we are very careful with our hand washing. We still mask up everywhere, even if it's in a place where there's not a mask mandate. Um, we still mask up. And so uh, I've been fortunate that we haven't had any other illnesses, um, you know, especially with the kids returning to the school building now, second semester. Um, yeah. Yeah, those illnesses are not coming home but we're we've really ramped up our you know cleaning and washing and hand washing and all of that so. yeah so is it the four of them that are in school now or because um yeah yeah because the 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 youngest two still not at that age yet <laughs> right. right yes exactly and so you 
go out very much either because we still don't want anyone in our family to get it. And, you know, it's just kind of interesting. We were visiting earlier, you know, when we mentioned influenza, and it's like, gosh, you know, I wonder if we would actually have less influenza if just every cold and flu season we did implement, you know, the hand sanitizer, the hand washing, you know, cleaning surfaces, just the more safety and, and um, germ conscious, you know, protocols. Yeah. Um, but I think even when all of these germ protocols actually do go away, um, that I think that it will still have a lasting impact and um, i've said it to you before it's kind of th- like our version of the second world war i think um i think we'll see a lot more mask wearing uh maybe um a lot more people will a lot more people willing to wear masks if they're sick like they're doing uh east far, far in the far east countries yeah i think because often they will they if they're unwell but they're still going out and about they will wear a mask Whereas in the West, we don't... I know there's a cultural thing in America at the moment with wearing masks, but I think more people will be willing willing to wear a mask once this is, I don't want to say over, but moved on to the next stage of where we're treating it like flu. It's not flu. Treating it like flu. I I want to make that perfectly clear because I know that some people will get get, uh, emotional when you say compare COVID to flu. Um, right. Yeah, because it's not, and it, it's, I mean, we've had the unfortunate experience of having had influenza in the past, and, um, you know, that at least felt like there was an end point. With COVID, I still feel like, you know, we're still recovering, and, and not just, you know, within our bodies and me personally, but, I mean, it's just like, at least here in the United States, it's it's just a different world. Have you had any access to any uh, rehabilitation services? I work. I'm obviously this is a slightly different, slightly different field. You wouldn't definitely wouldn't be one of my patient group. I work in elderly re- <laughs> elderly rehab with people who've had COVID and also other comorbidities on top. But have but I do know that they are running long COVID clinics to help with respiratory and cardio rehab uh, people you know sort of with doctors nurses and I think generally I think physios or physiotherapists or what you would say uh, physical therapists have you had any of that any sort of physical therapy at all no no um yeah strangely enough my doctor didn't even mention that um I think there's still some skepticism at long COVID and, and the recovery but no, any there's been no access to that. It's just what I've been trying to do on my own. Yeah. Would you be able to get that on your insurance? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would. I would have to look. Um, insurance here is uh, is yeah, it's so strange uh, in that you know we have such a high deductible. So even if I could qualify to you know have my doctor write a note or whatever. Uh, for physical therapy or any kind of recovery after COVID, um, insurance still may not cover it. And so then you have to pay out of pocket for something like that. And then in that case, you know, is it really worth the expense if you could just do it on your own? I mean, I think a lot of people, unfortunately here, have to figure things out on their own if insurance won't cover it. 
Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of people in America are having to deal with, the fact that they, um, like, this is why we're lucky with having the National Health Service. Um, But if I may say, just to bring it back around to sections, it's interesting that your doctor sort of not mentioned sort of the longer term recovery, how to sort of you're, le- you're left to, because that's what you've kind of experienced with the sepsis. Yeah. It's like you've had to work it out for yourself. You've not had any sort of follow-up. Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember, like, going to my doctor um, when I went, I had a whole load of stuff to do with my mental health. And I was saying that I had all but, pardon me, um, three symptoms of post-sepsis syndrome, um, which is, like, lack of sleep, nightmares, um, repeated infections, because mine was below my jaw, and I kept on getting repeated infections in my... um, underneath my jaw and my teeth. Um, My appetite went... um, I was... Like, my my neck, for me, when... uh, (laughs) I kind of basically looked like a cross between Frankenstein's monster and a hamster. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's quite the image. Um, But it's been like things like the brain fog that you were saying and anxiety, depression, like muscle pain. But when I went to the doctors and said all of this, he said, the first thing he said was not, what are your symptoms, but, um, who told you you had sepsis? Yeah, I remember you saying that the first time we talked about your story. That's yeah. just bizarre. Yeah, and I think that you, it was something that you're like, okay, why are you not listening to people? And this is why, there's actually a lot of frustration in the sepsis world because post-sepsis syndrome hasn't been recognised by NICE. There's, on the CDC website, it does say life after sepsis and it states almost every single thing on the CDC website but not here in the UK. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and I don't think that there's a... Very similarly, I don't think there's a lot for after COVID. You know, I think that some practitioners are still treating it as if, well, you've got it. After the 10 days, you're no longer infectious. So, you know, then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's very much like, kind of like sepsis as well. It's like, okay, you're not infectious now, bye. And, um... I think it's probably also symptomatic of the ongoing, um emergency situation that's still not that yeah. it's not that it's right of course um yeah so um it sounds really silly like how have your kidneys and your respiratory system and stuff like that actually been since as well because um oh yeah did you i don't know i didn't hear did you have any loss of um taste and smell and stuff Oh, yeah, I did forget to mention that, didn't I? Um, Well, I, yeah, I would say that uh, I never really lost taste. 
Um, but I also add hot sauce to, you know, everything. We like our food spicy. So, um, but I, I mean, I did lose my sense of smell and I still hardly can smell anything. Um, and I think that probably my taste is more impacted than I realized because, um, you know, the, the smell just isn't there. And so I've, you know, lost interest in some foods. Um, and so that, you know, that was something that I did notice. I was like, oh, I can't really smell anything. Um, but I, I didn't really experience that as much with the taste. Um, and it's so strange that, you know, COVID, it just is really almost kind of individualized and in how it, it impacts people differently. Um, but I did hear you mention something about the kidneys and, and afterwards. And I will say that um, the pain, the joint pain, the body aches, I still get those. It's almost like I have a spot in my back that the ache just has never gone away after COVID. And so I can't even lie in bed a certain way because I, it, it just has not stopped hurting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, um, from all of that, you feeling you're, I know that you, you're actually looking so much better than you were. Um, but you were saying about fitness before, are you finding that with your fitness increasing that you're feeling better? Uh, oddly enough, no. Um, I don't feel better when I work out, which is a very strange thing because I, you know, that was one thing that always did make me feel better. Um, but yeah, right now it's more of a chore because of the lack of energy, I think, and, and how much it wears me out. It's almost like, I don't really want to do it, but I do it because it's important to me. Um, but I would say that, you know, especially with my weightlifting, uh, I've lost a lot of gains, and the amount of weight that I can lift. Um, there's some exercises that, you know, like a, a squat with a barbell, I have completely stopped doing because it's too painful. Um, so the body aches almost make it seem like the weight is heavier than it really is. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just, I'm trying to find that balance of being gentle with myself and my own expectations while still trying to maintain some sort of level of, of fitness so that I can be stronger should, you know, another infection come up or if these long-term effects don't go away you know, anytime soon, um, what can get me through that then is, is being, you know, having muscle and being healthy. And so, yeah, um, it's been difficult. It it has been difficult and it's been rather discouraging, I think. And, you know, part of the, the feeling of depression is like, gosh, I can't do like I used to. And that's so frustrating. It's beyond frustrating. Yeah. Um, you're losing your sense of self. Yeah, I would say that that's probably part of it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like, because I've talked about that before, and it's, it's very, very strange. And have you had any, like, flashbacks or anything? Or or is that something that you're quite... You're not... That you haven't had? There, sorry, brain. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, I mean, I think that... Yes, sometimes, you know, if I see, you know, something that I had worn when I was sick or um, there's a certain suit that he had made for me and passed, you know, through our little 
food system, we, we you put it in the laundry room and then we shut the door and I would open the door. For our, the neutral zone. The neutral zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love so it. So there's a soup that he had made for me when I was sick with COVID and it was absolutely wonderful. Now I cannot, I, I can't even, I don't even want to be around it. And so, I mean... So that's a bit like the cabbage soup diet, though, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I think that, you know, there are probably some flashbacks, and, and it's definitely had an entire systemic, uh, in our family system, you know, our youngest, um, she was sleeping through the night and in her own crib, and after I had to quarantine away from her, um, like, she even, you know, is kind of dealing with some of those flashbacks in that she has to know where I'm at when she's falling asleep. She's had to be in our bed more often than we would like just so we could get some, you know, sleep. Um, and so it's it's not just me that, you know, remembers how difficult it was to have mom quarantined away, but the entire family, you know, we don't want to repeat of that for sure. <laughs> no. No, um, and I know that before the podcast you were saying about... Um, fact that little M is very very attached to uh brandon would you say that that was that actually developed during the time of your quarantine i'm sure it helped yeah yeah it probably <laughs> helped oh yeah but i mean he's also a really doting father and so she probably knows that she'll get spoiled a little bit more from him <laughs> <laughs> similarly he's like is there more? Was there ever more worries about mummy or like becoming more attached or wanting to become more attached to you because of that? Because of that time where you were isolating from your kids? Yeah, I would say that it's yeah, definitely because of the, the being quarantined away that they they've had to attach. Yeah, you know it. It was a really difficult time because, you know, he was working from home and the kids were distance, were distance learning from home and they still had the little ones and here, you know, the family glue can't be the glue, so what do we do? And, and so we really had to pull together as a family. Um, and, it, I mean, yeah, I would say that it's, it's a, still a very sensitive, like that was probably the worst two weeks of my life. And I've experienced, you know, some hard things in life and that was pretty awful. Um, so I think that, you know, I would suspect that when the seasons change, because I got it in October and here it becomes cooler and, you know, just there's just different smells and, and experiences and like Halloween was during that time. And, you know, I, I would suspect that that will probably be a little more of a sensitive time of year for me. Um, at least for a while. You know, yeah. So it was just horrible. I've got one question to ask. What was it like after leaving quarantine hugging those kids for the first time? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I... It was so emotional. So emotional. And, you know, I... Uh, when I left quarantine, it was in the evening. Um, because I didn't have a lot of strength yet, and so we wanted to time it where it would be not too long until they went to bed. But, I mean, we, we held on for a pretty long time. Yeah. yeah, lots of snuggles. Everybody's trying to get in all the snuggles that they could. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but especially holding that baby. I missed, I missed my baby. So, yeah. Uh, 
No, this is the thing, because that's actually been something that I've actually been thinking about since the day that I saw you walking with Little and to the uh, post box. And I was like, oh! That, and yeah. I think it's this, the small moments that you come to really appreciate. Absolutely. Yeah, because when you, you know, I was just so thankful that even though I felt horrible, I could leave quarantine, I could be with my family, uh, I couldn't do like I was, but I'm so, so thankful that I wasn't one of the people that had to go to the hospital and stay, you know, in an ICU. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got Nebraska Medicine here in Omaha, and you know, they had to basically just create a, a place for COVID patients to go, be, you know, to die, basically. There just wasn't enough, or they were too far gone. Um, yeah. And I, I never, I got to take care of myself at home, and that was very meaningful to me. Um, but the, you know, the, the being, even just walking to the mailbox, it was amazing. <laughs> being outside, sunshine, you know, it was amazing. Like, you, you realize that it's time to put the phone down, shut the computer, and just go and be and enjoy and soak up life because, you know, when you're quarantined away from everyone you love, can't go outside, um, it was just so difficult. And it just, yeah, absolutely makes you appreciate the small things that much more. So, Brandon, what was it like for you when uh, Jen wasn't well? Oh, man. Well, you get in a routine and you, um, you know, you're able to touch and hug and kiss and play with and flirt and uh, do life with and be a co-parent with. And then when that just drastically changes overnight. Yeah, it was quite um, literally, like, I, as soon as I found out I was exposed, I immediately quarantined away from everyone, just yeah. waiting to see if even symptoms would kick in. And they did. Yeah. So, um, it, for me, it was just, you know, uh, 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 rocked my world, uh, rocked, uh, you know, our kids' world, you know, where, where you're stuck in a routine or you get in a routine and you've been doing it for years and, <clears throat> you know, you, you, you kind of, uh, you know, you, what's the word am I trying to say here? Um, I mean, you, you, you don't know what you got until you, until it's, until it's gone type of deal, you know, um, and she is the glue, <laughs> she is the glue, we had to be like, ah, you know, a lot of FaceTiming, a lot of FaceTiming, texting, hey, what do we do, uh, you know, we, 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 um, we lost her a little bit, but we, uh, uh quickly gained traction and, and rallied together and, um, you know, and, and made the ship work, so, um, but it was, it was just so difficult, um, we all missed her. Um, how how did how did you feel the moment that you got to see her again in person instead of just through the neutral zone? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was so my door was locked because uh, the kids would probably try to get in if it wasn't locked, and so we would eat lunch together, and he would sit on the other side of the door, and I would sit and hear each other. You know, we ate lunch through the door, but gosh, that first time. Yeah. Out. Yeah. You know, just uh, prolonged hugs. You know, multiple hugs, prolonged hugs, squeeze, you know, instead of just, you know, just a, that little extra, 
When it came to your O2 sats, what did they go down to? Um, strangely enough, they did dip. Um, I think the lowest was probably 92. Even though my lungs were clearer, they did dip. And so that was that was kind of a strange thing. But it, it, our pulse oximeter was correct because um, the, the ER had the same readings. But, yeah, they dipped to about a 92. Yeah. Ugh. But you know what? You're here. That's right. You're recovering. That's right. And it's wonderful to see and hear your see your face on Zoom and on Facebook when whenever I see you on Facebook. And it's just wonderful. And I can't yeah. wait to see you in real life next year. Hopefully. I know. It's Hopefully. Be amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to it. Yeah. We talk about it often. Yeah, so do we. Yeah. Um, right, so thank you for coming. Um, and hope everybody enjoyed this today. And take care, stay safe. And if you're wanting to find out the signs and symptoms of sepsis and uh, the post-COVID and post-sepsis syndrome, I will be posting a link in the show notes. I hope everybody has a wonderful day and take care.